All right. Well, I'll do a quick review of where we've been, and uh, that way you can catch up for those that weren't here. Let's uh, pray. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's just read the text, and then we'll pray. So we're in Second Timothy chapter 2, and we're focusing on verses 6 and 7 on the husbandman. But just for context, so there's no pretext, we'll read verses 1 through 7. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if any man strive for the masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. And now verse 6 and 7, The husbandman that laboreth must be first partakers of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Heavenly Father, we pray tonight, as we look at your word, that you be glorified. And uh, thank you for teaching us all things, whatsoever you've said to us. pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so uh, if you have a blank, if you just got your hand out, uh, of course, we're on verses 6 and 7, and the, what we saw already is the wisdom of a faithful, faithful husbandman. A faithful husbandman. Um, faithful, a faithful husbandman labors in the field. Um, so, uh, labors in the field is uh, A. And then point one is a husbandman is a farmer. Uh, you know, in the text there, John 15, one, a vine dresser. Uh, but it can be used in a broader sense. And uh, the second is it's assumed that a farmer labors regardless of um, <clears throat> if he is the proprietor. Proprietor is the word, P-R-O-P-R-I-E-T-O-R, proprietor. And uh, so I think and so we looked at that. And then we got down to point two. Uh, the minister of God is a husbandman. The minister of God is a husbandman. And I have that verse there, 1 Corinthians 3, 4, and 6. Of course, uh, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Right? So that's what's going on at Heartland right now. Um, People are getting saved because everybody's doing their part. And God's just blessing because God blesses obedience. Um, And then the third thing that we saw is that all believers are intended to be husbandmen. Right? It's not just the preacher's job, but all believers are intended to be husbandmen. Right? We should all be in that in the field laboring for the harvest. So, First Corinthians three nine: For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. So we are his. We are the vine, right? And uh, or he is the vine. We're the branches. I should say rather. I just got that messed up but uh, he also sends forth laborers into his harvest so all of us should be involved in that process so point b now we have left we are we're picking up where we left off so that is so good a fruitful husband a fruitful husbandman is rewarded with the first fruit Man, where have we heard that? I think we may have talked about that a little bit today um, in, the, in regard to the firstborn. Uh, and so let me look at where you guys are here. I don't have my notes clear enough. So, okay, so point one, um, the biblical principle of first fruit, the firstlings of the womb of a man or animal are to be dedicated to the Lord because he is the giver of life. Exodus 13. 
verses 11 through 13. Uh, I think we just saw that this morning, right? And it came, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore unto thee, and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and even the firstlings that uh, cometh of the beast, which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's, and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among the children shalt thou redeem. So an ass is no good if he's not redeemed, the firstborn ass. And so uh, we saw that in Exodus 13, 14. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in a time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him? <clears throat> By strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix, which is the womb, being males. But all the firstborn of my children I redeem, and it shall be for a token upon thine hand, and for frontless between thine eyes. For by strength of hand the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. So the principle of firstlings uh, and is similar to the first fruits in that it's dedicated. It's <clears throat> that in the dedicating the first fruit through sacrifice reveals honor to the one who provides life and strength to flee Egypt, uh, which is a type of the world. So since the father sacrificed his only begotten son to redeem us from the curse of the law, we should be exceedingly grateful to the goodness and mercy of God's fulfillment of the law. And, of course, that's not dealing with vine dressing. It's dealing with the, the firstborn. But the first mention of the first fruits in the Bible is Exodus chapter 23 and verse 16 in reference to observation of the Feast of Harvest, or what has become known as the Feast of Pentecost. So when the barley grain would be ready for uh, spring harvest, in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 16, you, you have that text there. It says, In the Feast of Harvest... Um, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingatherings, which is at the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field, three times in a year all thy males shall appear before the Lord. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, so there's that unleavened bread, neither shalt thou shall <clears throat> the fat of my sacrifice remain until the morning. The first of thy first fruits of thy land of uh, thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. And so, um, and so, the feast of Pentecost, the first fruits uh, were uh, very important in that regard. So, God established His church in power during the feast of harvest in Acts chapter two, and it's therefore no surprise that those who are in uh, Christ are considered the first fruit of those that of, of, uh, of those who have died because he rose again uh, first from the dead. So in 1 Corinthians 15:20 the Bible says but now Christ uh, now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept, right? So he's also the firstborn. I mentioned that this morning. He's also the first fruits. And so we have inherited Christ's nature and are counted as first fruits of his creatures in James one eighteen, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And so point two, uh, the biblical mandate of first fruit. So we, we must or we see the husbandman must be part, first partaker of the fruit. So that's not a suggestion but a command. Uh, Paul is, is making a point about the faithful farmer. If he doesn't partake of the first fruit, well, he'll be robbed of precious nutrition, right? So he's got to take the of the first fruit. And if he doesn't partake of the first fruit, he will not have any food for his strength and future work. And if he doesn't partake of the first fruit, 
uh, he will have no seed for future planting of the crops, right? So he's got to get seed for the future crops. So first fruits are very important. And if he doesn't partake, he will have no motivation for working hard because there's no reward. So these four points can be summarized in Paul's admonition to the church in 1 Timothy 5.18, where he says, For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the, the ox that treadeth out the corn. And the laborer is worthy of his reward. 1 Corinthians 9 9 says, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. So he repeats it, repeats it there. Doth God take care for oxen? Or, or saith he, It is altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt. This is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope. And he that thresheth um, in hope should be partaker of his hope. So plowing in hope and threshing in hope is important. And if we have sown unto you carnal things, it is a great thing. <clears throat> is it a great thing if we reap your carnal things? So Paul is saying, look, um, um, we're, we're so... Uh, did I say that right? If we sow into you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we reap your carnal things? So basically, he's saying, like, we'll, we'll horse trade. I'll give you precious things that are spiritual, and then we need a bowl of soup before we hit the road. You know, I need a place to stay. So please help us out. So most importantly, if he doesn't partake of the fruit, he will not have anything. This is the husband. If he doesn't partake of the fruit, he's not going to have anything to honor the Lord with. Right? And Proverbs 3 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So the First fruits go to the Lord, which is the husband understands that, and uh, he gives back to the Lord. The leader in giving ought to be the husbandman. So the husbandman labors, trusting the integrity of our Lord to reward him. And so this is the practic- This is very practical because the man or woman of God who labors in the Word of God will always find that they are blessed with more than they can share. And the reward of ministry is being uh, there when God brings forth the first fruits of ministry from the field. Uh, that was once barren. And it's awesome to see Jesus Christ do that in the heart of a man or a woman. So this morning we saw a young lady get saved. It's beautiful. And um, and it's just the seed of God's word, right? And he brings forth fruit. That's a, that's a blessing to God. And it's great to see the fr- those fruits come forth in people's lives. 1 Corinthians sixteen fifteen says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia. And that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. So that first fruit was so good that they became uh, spiritual ministry addicts. Right? Wouldn't it be cool to see some meth addicts become ministry addicts, right? So alcoholics become Jesusaholics, right? And so that's uh, that's what we want to be, drunk in the spirit, not drunk on wine, we're in his excess. So the wisdom of a faithful husband, a faithful husband labors in the field, and a faithful husband reward, is rewarded with the first fruit. So God takes care of the faithful uh, husbandman. And point C, a wise husbandman considers... God's word. So as we wrap this up, it's a wise farmer uh, to consider what God says concerning the law of sowing and reaping, which gets us back around to the text, which this is what's intrigued me for so many years. The husband that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. And then Paul says to Timothy, consider what I say and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. That's quite a promise. Like if you get this, then you get understanding in all things. And so, what is it? What is it that we need to understand? I'm glad you asked. So, Galatians six six, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived; God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. That's the lesson. You understand everything. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap. 
if we faint not. Right? So there's a, there is a return on your investment. And if there's no if there's no investment, there's no return. Right? It's a law. And he says, look, if you're a vine dresser, you got to be out working those vines. And uh, if you're not, you're not going to have any fruit. And if you don't have any fruit, you're not going to have anything to eat. You're not going to have anything to offer. And so there's a direct correlation there. What you sow is what you get, right? And as we say, if you plant corn, in our culture, we're used to that. Plant corn, you get corn, right? So there's a, there's a really, that's a, that's a good Midwest logic, but it's also biblical because the husband that laboreth is worthy of the reward. And, uh, and there is a fruit. God is a faithful steward, right? So um, he will bring the blessing so that we have something to offer back to the Lord. And it always redounds to the glory of God. And when we give it to God first and put Him first, then all these other things will be added to us. Matthew chapter 6 is very clear about that. So we uh, seek Him first in His righteousness and put Him first. So in Laodicea right now, in Colossians, this is the key, right, to, to, pre, to put Jesus Christ preeminent and prioritize Jesus over everything. That's the, that's the law of a good husband right there. Because He provides the rain, He provides the sun, He provides everything you need uh, for the fruit to grow, right? And He even gives the seed. And so we trust the Lord to bring forth the fruit, and then we have something to offer back to Him. So to, consi- uh, to consider, um, I think my, I don't know if I put that in your notes. Let me look at what I gave you here. I didn't. I'm glad because it's a typo. Um, <clears throat> so this wouldn't be manual labor, but mental and spiritual exercise. So consider the sluggard. Here's something to consider. Consider the ant, right? Those are a couple of things the Bible tells us to consider. Uh, and then consider the field and move with purpose to sow, water, and reap, giving God glory for the increase. So you want to, you know, <clears throat> that's interesting that Paul says in verse 7, consider what I say. Consider. Uh, we use that word a lot, but you don't. we don't really think about it. You know, consider. Well, when you look at what that means, that means God is saying, pay attention to that. You know, study that thing. Consider the ant, right? Look at the ant. Study what the ant's doing. Consider the sluggard. And then consider what Paul just said about the husbandman. And the Lord will give you wisdom. And, and under actually, not wisdom. He says understanding uh, in all things. And so, uh, of course, that would also imply understanding everything he said before that verse as well. So consider your labor in God's field, right? So we're coming here to pray and water uh, the seeds that have been sown today in all the ministries, all the churches. We can go beyond our own church. What a return on investment, right? So uh, you're involved in what God's doing here at Heartland, but you know, we can pray beyond Heartland. We can pray as far as we want to pray, as much time as we're willing to invest. And you know what? God knows, right? Pray the Lord of the harvest that He sends forth labors into His field. Why? To advance the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God. So consider the reward, right? Or the lack thereof. Consider the fruit of the field. Is there any fruit? And if not, why not? Maybe we haven't been sowing. Isn't it amazing? Like next week we'll go taking it to the streets. And if not one person comes from our effort to take it to the streets, I guarantee you God will bring fruit because He's that way. Oftentimes we'll go do a, we'll do something over here out of obedience and then God will bless it over there. Not because it's not it's not necessarily directly correlated to I went to Southland and led five people to Christ. I went to Southland and I I said I spread the word as God told me. I just He said go and preach the gospel. So I just went out and I handed out invitations and I prayed for gospel conversations and God opened the door and I shared the gospel with five people. 
But you know what? You may never see any fruit from that. But you know what? When you're obedient in that, it's amazing how God will bring fruit somewhere else over here. Just be obedient and do what the farmer does. The farmer gets up and goes to work. He never knows, right, until the tender vine buds, right, if it's even going to grow. I know I'm kind of anxious when it comes to planting stuff. I'm like, is that seed going to come up? And then once it comes up, right, you're like, oh, there it is. It's exciting and so tender. Now you're worried about the rabbits, right? And you're worried about the squirrels, and you're worried. And then you're worried about the sun, you know. And then you, my and the yeah, everything. There's all this stuff, right? So there's a lot of work to being a husbandman, right? Tending to that that plant and and keeping. And so fruit doesn't always just appear. But you got to plant the seeds, or you'll never have a have a vine to, to tend to, right? And so uh, we got to be about the business, laboring in God's field. Uh, and if we don't have fruit, maybe we need to understand some things. Maybe we haven't been sowing, right? And or maybe what we've been sowing is the wrong fruit. You know, oh Lord, why does this happen to me? I literally have people tell me that, and I'm like, well, I can tell you because <laughs> you're sowing to the flesh, and of the flesh you will reap corruption. And yes, it's corrupt. Um, that's why this has happened to you. If if you go get drunk, bad things happen, right? Uh, you sow to the flesh, and well, things happen that aren't good. So correct your course, right? If you're a sluggard, learn from the ant. Go to work, right? Um, and, and learn from that ant. Consider the ant, thou sluggard. Job twenty-eight twenty-eight. And unto the man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Right, so if we're doing something we ought not, you know what? Repent and do what we ought, because that's what a good farmer is doing. Is he's busy about his father's business. Jesus was 12 years old; he figured that out. It's like, where's Jesus at? Where's Jesus at? Oh, he's about his father's business. He was applying the diligence of a faithful farmer. He was he was learning. He was learning from the the teachers, and he was also teaching the teachers, of course, because he had wisdom beyond his years. But um, Anyway, that's that's my uh, that's the that's the lesson on the husbandman, and so we covered a son, a steward, a soldier, an athlete, a husbandman, and the next time we get together, we'll talk about a teacher in verses eleven through fourteen. So we get a little bit bigger chunk as we move on down uh, in the text, and so um, he goes on to say after the husbandman. In verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer, suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, uh, that, they, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now notice uh, the mindset of Paul there, right? He's sowing the word and his circumstances aren't good. So it's not a prosperity gospel, right? He's willing to endure hardness for the propagation of the word of God. And he knows if he sows the word that God will bring fruit in those precious saints. So, And let's uh, be faithful to sow the word in the souls of men and women. The word of God in the souls of men are where it's at. Okay, that's that's our message for tonight. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll pray over our prayer pieces. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to meet and to uh, go over this message. I pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word. Thank you for the singing and, and of your faithful saints. Thank you for loving us and giving us your son, Jesus. We pray a blessing on all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.